Good evening. I'm Dr. George Andow, and this is A Journey Through. I'm delighted to be here with you all tonight again. And I hope there are at least some of you that have been following along the way. You know, there's a part in this song, not the guitar instrumental, but the Talk Radio NYC's choice that they play before the instrumental piece, before I come on. And it talks about, you know, the atoms and how we're all part of that and how we're all part of everyone. And then there's a section where it says, it makes me want to go out and say to everyone, um, have you heard this? And it's that feeling why I said yes to God about the radio show. Because I want to share with all of you as many as I can, not only my personal experience of growth and development, but that how real it is and how I have the privilege of seeing it by working with um, so many people in my work as a psychoanalyst and spiritual director. Um, I used to be an affiliate with the Seneca Sisters, which was a great group of uh, nuns, um, very advanced, um, very ahead of their time. Um, their ministry was about sharing the love and word, the true word of Jesus um, through retreat. And I used to do a lot of retreats for them, which is so much of what my experience is um, in, in preparation for what one of the ways I'm going to speak to all of you tonight. So, you know, when we've been looking at in the past couple of weeks, many things, but certainly the different ways that we grow and develop psychologically, the different phases and stages we go through is the natural course of development. And, you know, I'm sorry if this comes across like a course. There's a lot of material that I'm trying to get through to, to all of you. So I apologize. I hope I'm not boring. And to those that really want to hear this and have the desire, um, I would think that you wouldn't think it would be boring. Um, so we've been looking at the revelation that I use the word must, and I don't like that word, that we're invited to become aware and acknowledge that which lives within us, that which lives within us for us to go beyond the limits of the mind. That's scriptural to go beyond the limits of the mind. I spoke about that in the first show as to how I was invited to that, how God spoke to me by the opening of a Bible to that page. I won't repeat myself for those of you that have been um, with me from the beginning. But Jesus also uses the term metanoia, metanoia, which means to turn around and change the mind, to change our minds. And we looked at last week how Jesus speaks of this in many, many ways all through Scripture. There's a natural progression of our psychological development. We looked at that it's intrauterine, not just when we're born. People think it's just when we're born, but it's not. It's from intrauterine, the infant's experience in the womb, not only of its own experience, but the experience of whose womb it was, of course, mother. And we looked at the different stages of individuation. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, narcissism, by the way, starts in the womb because in the womb, um, the um, fetus growing into creature, because uh, we're all creatures. People don't like that term, but we are. We're all part of creation. Um is the center of the universe. So in the womb, we're the center of the universe. That womb is the universe and everything is provided. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to think about anything. Everything is provided. And that's why most of the time, many of us um, in ways can 
it can be revealed in their in the adult life that we don't want to grow up. <laughs> we want to stay babies. We want to be taken care of. Um, we want someone to come and take care of us. We want a mommy. Um, <laughs> and um, but all through our stages of development, everything that we grew up around became the way, the truth, and the light. Outside stimulus became the inner reality and truth of what we begin to live as we grow up into adults. So our outer experiences become an inner world that we live out of. As part of God's creation, there's a natural flow. There's a natural sequence of nature, right? The seasons, the many ways plants have a, um, a life. Some don't have a very long life. Others come back year after year. Um, with the seasons, they change, they bloom, they blossom, they die. And so it is with us and all other creatures. Um, but there's a natural universal alignment that we follow also. So we have a psychological development, but there's also a divine spiritual order that we are called in developing our soul to partake in, to develop with. Just like our psychological growth, if we didn't partake and participate in that, you know, if mother or father or siblings or authority figures didn't help us participate with the psychological growth in the stages, um, what would have happened to us? We would have never developed. Well, we are adults and it doesn't stop just because we reach a certain age. There's a natural progression of development. It is, uh, there's no cookie cutter. It's different for everyone. But part of that development is everything that we grew up around and developed from our psychological development. It's almost as if the psychological development in many ways gets in the way of our spiritual development. There's a spiritual order of things that we are called to partake in with God um, to be able to grow into the fullness of who God made us to be. And last week we looked at the true self and the false self, and we looked at the two wolves. Unfortunately, each of us, you know, was brought up, quote, with the original dysfunction. I'm going to say that instead of, quote, original sin. I never liked that word. I think most people shy away from it, although it just means missing the mark is really all it means. Um, and, you know, my friend Linda, I mentioned her, um, love her so much. She died at 46 of liver and pancreatic cancer. That was many, many years ago, um, many years ago. She used to say to me, Georgianne, God is not interested or concerned with how comfortable you are. God is interested in the development of your soul. This was before my conversion, but I was always very, very interested in growing, in developing, in becoming closer to God. God gave us, as human creatures, free will. We have free will as to partake in this divine progression as part of nature or not. We're the only creatures that have free will to choose whether or not to follow that progression or not to follow the God inside of us or not. All other creatures just do. Hmm? 
a rose doesn't decide who it's going to impart its fragrance upon. It non-selectively gives it to all. Right? Plants that protect and give shade, offer shade, they don't think about who they're going to impart the shade upon or not. It's there for all. Aromatic plants that have beautiful scents, they don't think about who they're going to give the scent to. It's available for all to breathe in. So we're the only creatures that, has, that have free will. When Jesus was on the cross, there were two men, one on each side of him. When Jesus was crucified, they were being crucified with him. There weren't five men. There were two. One on Jesus's right and one on Jesus's left. The one man awakened and said, Jesus, will you remember me and bring me with you into your into, quote, heaven. And Jesus said, yes, I tell you truly, you will be with me today. The other man next to Jesus continued to mock Jesus, saying, oh, if you are the son of God, come down all this off this cross. Come on. Continued to mock Jesus. And Jesus allowed it. So God allows it. God's not a puppet where we pray for a car and get one. But God is a God that if we pray with full, wholehearted intent for growth and development and to set our spiritual sights on it, it will come to us. It will come to us. So we're going to be looking at that. And also what we're going to do is we're going to go forward and talk about trying to capture what went on the past couple of weeks and tonight. We're going to talk about order, disorder, and reorder and what that looks like and how God uses all of that in the natural flow and progression of psychological and spiritual growth and development because it's real and it exists. I wish that there were, I could see some hands with some questions, but um, I look forward to, um, I don't want to begin another segment because we're going to go into a new segment until we come back. Okay. So I thank you and I'll see you in, one minute. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock 
every Thursday evening, the mind behind leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Dr. George Andow, and this is a journey through. So we're looking at that there is psychological development and there is soul development as the natural progression for each creature. And Jesus was more than a teacher. You know, the, uh, the Old Testament prophesized Jesus' coming and what he would proclaim and what he would do for humanity. God used what Jesus did on that cross for humanity. When we look at the progression of the evolution of the consciousness of humankind, there was a huge shift that began after Jesus came. Jesus is the most revolutionary teacher ever. Everyone's heard of Jesus. They might not in their heart love him or look to follow him. By the way, Jesus never said, um, worship me. He said, follow me. And Jesus didn't come to start a religion. Jesus came to, for many reasons that God used, but Jesus brought a new level of consciousness. Before Jesus came, humanity had very much lived out of, quote, a reptilian type of brain where there was stimulus response, that there was no thought about an action. Everything was a reaction. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. You stab me, I'm going to stab you. It was almost as if people had, did not have a conscience. Before Jesus died, he said, I have to go. To his disciples, he said, I have to go. Because I need to, if I don't go, I'm not going to leave you, quote, the helper. I'm not going to leave you, be able to leave you the paraclete. From the original texting in Aramaic and Greek, uh, and then Greek, um, paraclete means helper. We call it the Holy Spirit, those of us that are Christians, that lives in us. And Jesus prayed to the Father, prayed to his Father, prayed to God. I am with you, Father. I am in you. You are in me. May you be in them. May they know that you are in them. May they awaken to the fact that they are and you are, and we are all one. I am committed to this work and this awareness that I am hoping to be some sort of a guide. Um, I say that with great humility because who am I? Um, to help you recognize the truth in all of this, because I, with great uh, humility, remember, and I certainly haven't arrived anywhere, there really isn't any place to arrive, but I remember clearly what it, what I, how I lived before partaking and growing in this journey, um, when there was lack of awareness, when I was really asleep and how different my life was and how different my choices were and how I would react instead of choose to act. 
very much coming from the first order of life. But when Jesus died on that cross and what God did with that, we were given the paraclete. We were given the Holy Spirit. We now were given the ability to have God in us, not just a God out there that we were called to awaken to, that God is in us, with us, always. So when people say, I don't, where is God? I don't see God. It's like a fish asking where the water is. God is everywhere, right here, right now, with me, with you. We're all connected. So Jesus gave us a tremendous gift, and Jesus, walking the face of the earth, lived to show us how it would be as a human being. Every touching, every difficult, every hurtful situation Jesus lived through. Spit on, hit, bruised, beaten, left, rejected, abandoned, lied to, cheated, everything. And he showed us how to be in it, a living example. That's why I always say we have a living God. We have a living God. We're very blessed. So God uses all of life and comes to us as life to help us with the natural progression of the development of our soul. But our first order, which I'm going to talk about now, which we looked at, the first order of life, you know, zero to seven, and that development and how we were made to feel about ourselves through the through original sin, we all come from it. We all live it. We all come from dysfunction, um, all of us. Um, the small mind of the ego that we developed believes that the any type of disorder from its own arrangement, and I'm going to look at that in a minute, the arrangement that it made, the way to believe, the way to go through life, the way to perceive, that it is the way, the truth, and the life. And the ego believes that disorder or change is always to be avoided. So we learn to hunker down and pretend that our order is entirely good. It should be everybody's order. And it's always true. And it's the only truth. And you see how people argue and fight over this to the end of their life just to protect these views. So tonight we're going to be looking at this universal pattern towards spiritual transformation. That's what the show is about. It's the journey through. So as we look at order, we are moving towards reorder, but what we need to do is go through disorder, which most people don't want to do. So order by itself like I just said, normally wants to eliminate any disorder or diversity, right? It wants to create, it does create a narrow perspective that my way is the right way. And it's a first order of development and it's vitally important, but unfortunately most of it is unconscious. And it's made up by all types of authority figures, not just our parents and siblings, but mainly that because we grew up in a household with them. We grew up in an environment with them. We shared that environment. And those relationships are the most potent. So they had the ability to help us grow and develop an individualized self, the true self, by bringing out that which God gave each of us, or to create the opposite to create an environment to thwart that natural progression of soul growth by passing on its woundedness. So many times, um, you know, I'll get a patient and swore that they would never marry an alcoholic. And alcoholics, by the way, are some of the best people once they've gone uh, through um, the journey and 
created sobriety for themselves because how we grow is through suffering. Unfortunately, that's how we grow the most when we're on our knees. You know, that's probably one of the times that most people go to prayer when things are not going well. What do people do? First thing they say, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. But God wants relationship. God wants us to want God in a relationship, ongoing bond relationship. Um, so all of these authority figures um, had the opportunity to help us grow into the fullness of who God made us to be. I think I mentioned last week that Michelangelo was told nothing good comes from working with his hands. Um, of course, he didn't listen, and thank God for that. But it's like um, a young man um, that I worked with, um, very, very creative uh, uh, woods, woodsman, worked with his hands, working with wood, carving wood, great furniture maker, beautiful, 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 gifted uh, young man. His father was in banking, and his father was very, very embarrassed and made it known to the son that the father was very disappointed that the son did not want to go into banking, but the son didn't. And the father did everything he could to make the son feel badly about his craft. And these are the type of wounds that come into us as children uh, where we um, carry them into our adult life. So now um, any way that as an adult, uh, this young man is, uh, made to feel that he's not listened to or that he's saying something that isn't being accepted because it has a familiar tone, something from his original wound with his father. Until that's healed, he will react to that because it has a, has a similar flavor. And this is what happens until we, with God, partake in the development of our soul, right? Each person believes to be true and how whatever is passed on, it's true, real. My way is the only way. And we know that that's not real. And there's nothing, you know, wrong with uh, our first development. It has to be. It's how we learn to function in the world in many, many ways. It's just that and no pat, no criticism to family. Everybody does the best they can. It just wasn't, it's not a one size fit all. Um, you know, what worked for them wasn't necessarily a fit for us. And um, certainly that was the case in my family that I have a sister seven years older and I was brought up to, made to feel that I should be fitting into her shoes. And um, I was a little bit of a rebel, so it didn't work so well. But there was a lot of hurt feelings um, and loneliness on my end that I needed to work through. Otherwise, every relationship I would be in, no matter how loved I was, I would have this loneliness that I would attach to that relationship. And we all do this. We take our past and we Velcro it on our present, believing it's real until we work it through and face the original wound. I'm Dr. George Andow. We'll be back in one minute. Thank you so much for joining me. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. curious person always asking questions do you desire to be in the know then join me antonia host of so now you know thursdays at 5 p.m at talkradio.nyc listen in as i attempt to satisfy that curiosity i will be talking with amazing everyday people join the fun so now you know on thursdays at 5 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to A Journey Through. So the environment we were brought up with, if our family of origin was brought up, mommy and daddy, grandma, grandpa, with um, a lot of criticism, they will criticize us. If they were brought up with a lot of uh, praise, they will have the ability to give that to us. We can only give what's inside our cupboards. If our cupboards are bare, we have less to give us. Doesn't make bad people. It just means limited. We're all limited. None of us have everything to give or offer each other at all. The only difference is those of us that are awake to that. If we're not awake to it, we continue to defend against what we're not. And there's many ways that that shows up. So, Whatever we were brought up around, wherever we saw we were getting acknowledgement, we tried to fit ourselves into that box so that we would have love and acceptance from the family. We tried to squeeze ourselves into that box, like the young man that is a skilled carpenter, um, you know, looking to go into banking, very unhappy. Um, He did eventually continue as a carpenter and had to deal with many things with this father, looking at the, the many wounds. But um, so a lot of the first order of life is unconscious. So we don't realize that it's in there. We just learn to operate. It's like an operating system, but it's unconscious. And there is a, there is a psychological piece. And of course, there's a physical piece, but all of it is meant to help us to function in the world to fit into and to function in the world as we know it, the world at large. How many times have you driven in the car and arrived at your destination and thought, whoa, I don't even remember driving here. How did I get here? You know, our minds were somewhere, um, but we had we had learned to drive and now it's mechanical. Um, and this is with many, many things, including our psychology. I have a, a, a another great story, and it's it's um, it's uh, it, it's probably not a great example, but it's it's a small example. So there was a woman who every year um, at Christmas she would make this pot roast, and she would take it, and she would she had a pan, and she would put it in the pan, but before she could put it in the pan, she would season, she would cut off the ends of the pot roast. And one day her husband was watching, and he said. You know, every year I'm watching you do this. And you're cutting the off the ends of the pot roast. There's a lot of meat on there. Why do you do that? And she paused and she said, because that's that's how you do it. And he said, no, you don't have to do that. She goes, yes, you do. You have to do this. You have to cut the ends off for it to cook correctly. He said, no, I don't think so. And they got into an argument. So she said, I'm going to call my mother 
because she's going to prove that there's a reason it it tastes better. So she gets her mother on the phone and she says, "Hi, mom. Listen, I'm with I'm with Steve and um, I'm making the pot roast. And I was explaining to him that you would explain to him that cutting the ends off the pot roast makes it taste better. That's why we always did it as a family." And the mother started to laugh and she said, oh, sweetheart, um, I, I cut the, the ends off the pot roast because your father and I just didn't have enough money to go buy a, another, um, another stainless steel pan. So the only way it would fit in the pan is if I cut the ends of the pot roast off. <laughs> I love that story. So, <laughs> so, the, so the, the daughter was continuing to do this because she saw it. And she made her own interpretation as to what it was and believed it. So that um, that's a perfect example of how we take in what we're brought up around and we believe it to be true in fact, and we will even argue with people about it. So our responses are reactive. And for the most part, they're not thought out in our contemporary life. We know when we are from working from our unconscious and relationships, because we have a very strong charge about um, the situation that we are part of. The unconscious gets triggered by the circumstances or the um, occurrences in the contemporary life. Um, it's our go-to, even if we're not comfortable with it, it's familiar and we will always repeat we'll always go back and use what we're comfortable with until we do it enough and we see that it's not working. And then with guidance um, and prayer, um, we get to see that this is not working. So, um, and we can change. That's when we begin to change. So that's the first order of life. Um, you know, a first order of life um, You know, we don't, again, we don't think about how to drive a car. We just get in and we're on mechanical, mechanical girl or boy. And we just put it, we put it in drive and off we go and we don't think about it. And um, the first order of life is to, we'll look to avoid conflict. Um, it'll look to, excuse me, avoid inconsistencies. It'll look to avoid suffering. It'll look to avoid darkness. Therefore, the opportunity for transformation. Because in order to grow and change, we need to struggle with conflict, inconsistencies, some suffering. Um, so we're looking to be comfortable only if we're living out of the first order of life. Order in itself is not happiness. It doesn't equate to happiness. It's largely concerned about surviving successfully. It's learned to, to it, it put itself in, it was created by each of us to help us feel that we were going to be okay, that we were going to survive, that somehow we were going to be okay. But our way is not the only way that we're going to be okay. And in the first order, we don't want to change that, but we must. And, you know, in life, we need a very well whole container um, to hold all the changes and contradictions that arrive later in life. And um, our home life as children was meant to shape us and give us that depth of security. Um, but many times we have not received that well. So we're not prepared for the um, second half of life, midlife, um, or even beginnings of um, once we strike out and leave the family, whether we go into a marriage or we go to college or um, we're not prepared at all. And we fight to the last drop to use the skill set that we learned in the first order, but it doesn't fit. And uh, 
you know, it we are left with uh, very, very little frustration tolerance, very little impulse control, uh, very difficult. So the first order of life, we really don't have the awareness many times of what we're doing in emotional circumstances of our lives. So we are on our way to reorder, but now we need to look at disorder. And these are the natural progressions for the soul. And disorder must happen to all of us for us to grow spiritually. And our role, and it can be an uncomfortable one, is to surrender, listen to God within, and allow at least some slight cooperation with the natural progression of the spirit by paying attention, by praying, um, by being willing for things not to go your way. See, we all want things our way. We all want things to go our way, the way, the truth, and the light. We know it's best because the ego does not want to be uncomfortable and it does not want to change, but it must. And God makes sure of it. We all come to wisdom at the major price of our control. The ego does not want to be out of control. And when we cannot control the situation when our first order views and skills do not work in our life. This is what suffering is. This is what suffering is. Suffering is the beginning of when we cannot control a situation. And if you really think about it, it's absolutely true. The suffering that we must go through, whether it be a job loss um, someone dying, uh, passing away, um, but it will come to all of us, each of us. Uh, many of you listening, I'm sure you could think of situations um, that you've been in where you were forced to um, recognize that you did not have control and how difficult that, fe that felt. And that's really honest if you can look at that. That's really great if you can look at that. So few of us enter into disorder willingly. It's usually thrust upon us, but it comes bearing great spiritual gifts. If we're willing to partake in the banquet, we'll be right back. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. can't believe how quickly tonight went um i um i have so much more material i wanted to um cover um i wanted to read you from uh, scripture gospel of luke 14 verse um chapter 14 verse 15 through 24 i'm not going to read it to you but you might want to take out your bibles and read it it's the parable of the great banquet and it talks about um, where Jesus uh, um, speaks of uh, the great banquet and how um, we are called to, um, we're invited to this banquet and how so few of us say yes to it um, and how we are really turning away from God's offering of love um, as we take God's hand and say yes to this journey this journey that we're talking about and looking at. Um, you know, sooner or later, if if we say yes to any spiritual schedule, um, we will have an awareness to what's happening inside of us um, because there is some event that will happen, either a person dying, um, a loved pet dying, uh, an idea or relationship um, will enter our lives um, that we simply don't have the tools to deal with. We might want it badly, but we don't have the tools to deal with how to do that or how to get that um, with using our present first order creation. Um, and we'll try to use our willpower um, with even more frustration because even that is not going to have it work out. And I don't know, maybe some of you were thinking that you can relate to this as I'm speaking. Um, you know, spiritually speaking, we're being led to the edge of our private resources that we've created. And they, we are running out of resources and that's the blessing because it reminds us it brings us to the truth that we all must come to of whose we are and who really is in the driver's seat of our life it doesn't mean that we don't have control of our life to some degree but the truth is if we don't have our if we haven't worked with our soul for the development with God, we are living someone else's life. We're living that which was passed down to us in the first order of life. We're living our opinions, our judgments, our views from our first order of life based on what we were brought up around. And we will fight tooth and nail to... Um, have it be um, made clear that we know and we know the way. Um, you know, at some point on our journey, we all stumble and fall. Lord knows I've done it a million times. And, you know, I pray for, um, I pray for humiliation because um, in humiliation, um, I come face to face with the small mind of my ego, which I want to die. When I was talking about Jesus on the cross, although this really did historically happen, and it did spiritually make the difference of what I'm speaking of, it also made a difference because it showed us that we must die in order to be born again. We must feel like we are on a cross 
we must feel like we have surrendered enough to say yes to dying so that we can be transformed and resurrected. Jesus speaks about this in scripture. He says, um, I'm trying to think where I put it now. Um, I, I printed out a couple of pieces from scripture that I wanted to share with you. It's, uh, I just want to give you the, uh, the, where it is. It's from John 12, 24. And Jesus says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it never grows into the, the full wheat unless a grain of wheat, that's it, I'm sorry, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains just a grain. So we are called to grow. We are called to develop our soul, to, to develop ourselves, to hear God's voice, to walk with God, to have the fullness of life that God has blessed us to have, that God wants us to have. God works with us. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be opened. But we have to know what we want. We have to know where we're struggling. We have to awaken, become aware of what is going on. Why isn't my life working? Why am I stuck? Why is it my marriage working? Why is it my relationship working? And we're going to have a segment on relationships. You know, Isaiah prophesies the coming of Jesus in the Old Testament. And he prophesied that Jesus would be the one causing the stumbling as he came to bring a new consciousness to go beyond the limits of the mind. I know who Jesus is. I believe. I know. I've met Jesus in my heart, in my soul. I spoke about it from the first um, evening we were together. But that being said, um, if we do not take the spiritual journey, whether it the God of your understanding, we don't have the fullness of life. We will never have the full life. We don't we don't grasp the full opportunity within the universe, the cosmos, to co-create with the collective consciousness, with the collective unconscious, to awaken ourselves and each other, right? It's the only way that life, faith, God, grace, mystery can get us to change. We are called to let go of our egocentric, egocentric preoccupation with ourselves and go further and into a larger journey through. This life isn't just about us. It's not just about me. It's about all of us. All of us. We look to grow, not for ourselves alone, but to elevate our collective conscience conscience and <clears throat> we have to stumble there will be in our lives unexpected weaknesses failures humiliations forcing us to go where we would rather not but it's all for spiritual growth it's all for spiritual development that's the opportunity in it. It's not for naught. We die and we resurrect. We die and we transform. But we must be willing to move towards awareness. Otherwise, in the dying, 
we're going to rise again. But is it offering us the impact? Will our lives truly get better from it? That's what we're being offered. It is necessary pattern for a grain of wheat to fall to the earth and die. That's also from John 12, 24. I want to end with this tonight. It's called the Salt Doll. A salt doll journeyed for thousands of miles over land until it finally came to the sea. It was fascinated by the strange moving mass, quite unlike anything it had ever seen before. Who are you? said the salt doll to the sea. The sea smiling replied, come in and see. So the salt doll waded in and the further it walked in, into the sea, the more it dissolved until there was only a very little left. Before the last bit dissolved, the doll exclaimed in wonder, now I know what I am. Because the salt doll in willingness allowed itself to be dissolved and become part of the greater mass, which was the sea. And we're called into the greater mass, which is us in God. I want to thank you for tonight. God bless you. And I don't think we have time for a prayer, but know that I pray for all of you and I ask you to pray for me. Hopefully I'll see you next week and we will be maybe having a, a guest next week. It'll either be next week or the week after we have a few guests lined up. God bless. Good night. Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 